But what was the nature of the questions? It was, was it, it was it was directed about specific people, officers, and they were probably just wanting to see if we had anything to confirm that they were in Vegas or not. So I don't know what was going on in LA because that's their problem. When would that have been? Jeez. Yeah, I'd have to see a report. Ninety. Well, maybe we'll. Well, maybe it was we'll... after. It wasn't right after the shooting. Put it this way. Vilified, deified. It's hard to find anyone apathetic about rapper and actor Tupac Shakur. By the time of his passing, September 13, 1996, he'd sold millions of records. In death, the prolific musical artist would sell millions more. 27 years ago, it was clear to me how influential Tupac was, and I went in hard in reporting the case and scored several firsts. I was the first journalist to get the now infamous beatdown video at the MGM Grand. The first to get the search warrant affidavit that pointed to Orlando Anderson and Keefe D for that matter as being responsible for Tupac's murder. I was also the first and only reporter to get interviews with the original team of Las Vegas Metro investigators. 27 years later, once again, yet another exclusive. I exclusively interview now retired Las Vegas homicide detective Brent Becker. Nothing's off the table. I'm going to know these way reporting. Tupac's murder was his case. More questions, part two. Another question. Reggie Wright Jr. and a close friend of Gaddafi and fellow Outlaws member Napoleon says Gaddafi spoke with Vegas PD after the shooting and told them he didn't want to cooperate. It was also said, you guys, that means you, Brent Becker, uh, and your partner and your detective sergeant, elected not to show him pictures of a potential suspect. Any truth to that? Who's Gaddafi? Just so I know who I'm talking about. Yafufula. Okay. First of all, the whole purpose of getting them back the whole of Yafufula was to show him photos, and we never did because he got murdered. Uh, you know that I did an interview of him the night of. I never had, never saw him again. I remember it was not long after that, we were getting a hold of David Kenner's office to talk to Yafufula again because I had photo lineups because shame on us. We thought Yafufula was in California when in fact he was in New Jersey. And we know what happened there. So no, unfortunately, that the story that we refused to show him or we didn't show him photos. That, well, the, yeah. night of the, the night of the shooting, we didn't have any photos. And the attempt to show him photos after that was never successful because we could never get, get in touch with him. So it wasn't that we declined to show him. We'd love to have shown him. Now, and I don't know about he's saying that we tried to talk to him again afterwards. It was... Uh... 
I mean, I can read it again, but the last part, it was also said you guys elected not to show him pictures of a potential suspect. Any truth to it? And I know no. you had told me before that. No. Let me, let me discuss first of, all, first of all, the night of the shooting, we had zero photos. And the multiple attempts to try to get a hold of him to show him photos. It wasn't that we elected not to show him. That was just that's it's just the opposite of whatever whoever said that. Right. And you've explained that. So is there any truth to it? You would say that's a big I would say no. no. I would say that's not a true statement. Did now, you ever identify all the witnesses behind Tupac in the entourage other than the outlaws and were any helpful? I mean I know you did interview Big Frank. Nate Dogg has also been placed two cars behind Tupac when the shooting happened. Yeah, there was and Buntry and Neckbone and all these other people. And but Nate, does the Nate, the song Nate Dogg sound familiar? Because him we haven't talked about. We have talked I, about. Do we have a real name to him? Because I don't necessarily know all the monikers. Nate Dogg would have been a um you know my computer won't let, let me look it up uh but nate dog was a well-known rapper and he would have been known by his rap name just like you know a well, dog okay and remember tupac was known and i didn't know him either so you're talking <laughs> at the time now granted that video i didn't see that video till several days after the shooting because we didn't have the video the night of the shooting. Right. That's another, you know, about the video, and a couple of people asked this question as well. Okay, all right. They're wondering, and this really is directed toward my story that I, my the first story I did. In the story, I asked you and your partner, Mike Franks, a few times why Orlando stood above all others in terms of the name that was being tossed out. No, you never said he was a suspect. Right. right. I'll say that. But why his name? And the question that I've been asked by a couple of people, a couple of listeners, is why did you just shut me down in the terms of you said, we can't tell you, you know, in not so many words, why Orlando was the focus when he was the person in the beatdown? It's like why couldn't you say, well, he was in the beatdown? That's why uh, his name is is. We didn't we didn't want to tell you. That's all. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I, I will. I will admit there's a lot of times we just didn't want to tell people stuff. Fair and enough. And we've gotten in trouble for that. I'm sure Kevin Manning's been cursed a few times because he's said, I ain't telling you anything, you know. We I think there was probably a lady that wrote a book that's not too happy with us either because we wouldn't talk to her. Now, you know? that lady stopping you there. Okay. <laughs> apparently in one social media post, and you never know this or that, but in one media post, she, and we're talking about Kathy Scott, the author of sure. a you know, very well-known book about Tupac, and, and I'll say I'm in it. Um, and I've never met her, but I've talked to her 
and talk to her. I'm just going over the story again. When I, I was a news reporter in San Diego, and when I left, she wrote an article about me leaving and going to a job on a primetime crime show. Okay. So I knew of her. Uh, as I said, we've never met, but and when I did the Tupac story, we spoke, and that's why I ended up in the book. There was a post on social media that said a couple of things, one involving Kevin Manning, that Kathy Scott and Kevin Manning were neighbors. Again, this is a post, and it was not directly from Kathy Scott, but it'd be interesting to get your insight. The post said that she was Kevin Manning's neighbor and that she got the autopsy photo via a someone who didn't know that they weren't supposed to Oh yeah, you sent me the story of someone from the corner. Right. That that was a post. Yeah. And I'll just say going into it, and her beat was crime, but I never have known of a case of an unsolved murder that an autopsy photo would be released so early, sometimes with cold cases, but that was unusual for me. So I don't know what the, how LVMPD worked back in the day, but number one, was she a neighbor of Kevin Manning? Number two, would it have been possible to accidentally get a copy of an autopsy photo of a pending case by going to a clerk? who apparently didn't know procedure? I I don't know all of Kevin's neighbors at the time. I know of one in particular across the street. Actually, it might have been two. Uh, But Kathy Scott being his neighbor is news to me. And Kevin would be able to answer that definitively. Sure. I, I don't believe she was. Uh, I'm fairly certain she wasn't. And again, he was your detective sergeant. He was my, he was our squad sergeant. So, and he was the spokesperson for this story. And I'll just say, I don't think Kevin was in real good speaking terms with Kathy Scott. So if, if he was quote, I think the story that you sent me was that he was the leak or he was releasing information to her. I kind of doubt that. <laughs> In fact, I'm fairly, I'm, I would say I'm 100% certain that he didn't. Uh, and as far as the photo, that was news to me as far as the releasing of the photo from the coroner's office. And all I can say is the information that I know about that photo in the subsequent internal investigation, the coroner's office wasn't part of the mix. And I don't want to go into anything greater because one, it is an internal investigation and someone else should be releasing it. But I'll just say that there was probably more than one photograph taken. It's just that Kathy Scott happened to get one. And we spoke about this in an earlier episode about how it was a Polaroid and right. the photos that were in the murder book or the case file were 35 millimeter prints. 
correct. that correct? Correct. Our Polaroids were not Polaroids in our case file. We didn't need Polaroids unless, and now I will say there are times, because I know we used to do it when I was in uniform, if you'd pull up to a scene, because, you know, we didn't have the capability. One, cell phones would have been great because you can click. Of course, cell phones have gotten people in trouble, too, with certain incidents over the recent years. But if you pulled up and there was something you saw there that was critical and you had a Polaroid, you'd absolutely want to take a Polaroid because a photo is a lot better than memory. Uh, it makes sense. But for, for our case files, we used the photos that CSI took and it was 35 millimeter film. Okay, and, and Joe Gray, 1320 from Instagram, did ask, was the Kathy Scott photo autopsy of Tupac real? Again, we have discussed, but you said it's real, but not from the case file. Yeah, it, uh, I, I have no problem saying that's a real photo of his body in the coroner's office. What I am saying is it's not one of our photos. Okay, makes sense. Now, I sent you some documentations about the caddy the white cadillac okay let me pull those up on this other because like i said if i were to do it on this computer we'd probably go dead all right do you want me to do the top part of it first well i was gonna let me ask the question and you okay. respond uh i and i and you know having there seems to be reports of a cadillac stolen and recovered around the time of the shooting Keefe also says in his books and interviews, they ditched the Cadillac around right. Harmon and the carriage house. Are these reports real? And if so, did they relate to the Tupac case? And that's Derek from Cali, California. Okay. So let me look at some. Do, do those reports help? In First any of way? all, what's interesting is this top thing. It's like two things spliced together because my name's down on the bottom. That's from our report, but this top form is probably from Los Angeles because you've got interviewing officers, DJ Martin and S. Katz. And with their serial numbers there, and it says R-H-D-H-S-S-I-I. That's Los Angeles. So, yeah, there, and, and it says Hollywood Station, location of interview. So, well, I said a few, a few. Let's get to Steve Katz. Um, I, I'm trying to remember who Steve Katz was. Oh, well, we'll get to it. I'll, I'll, let me read the question and, and we'll get to okay. him. All right. Statement, re statement reports by LAPD robbery homicide officers, and I think they were detectives. Uh, right. DJ Martin and a Steve Katz taken on September 10th, 1996 has multiple girls from the convertible saying their friend Tanisha Fort got a good look at the shooter, saw a gun specifically in someone's left hand shooting out of the Cadillac and back at the intersection after the Cadillac originally turned the corner and that she was, she also got a, a look at a face because she didn't duck when they were shooting. There doesn't seem to be a statement from her and 
all else that's said about her is that she moved to Georgia. Did you speak with her and follow up? If so, why not? And this is a question I have too. Why would LAB, LAPD homicide detectives or officers says, be speaking with them just three days after the shooting? That doesn't seem logical. September 10th. Okay, so the shooting is the 7th, Saturday, Sunday. So that would have been a Tuesday. And I will say Steve Katz, my understanding was somebody who was involved with Russell Poole and the murder of Biggie Smalls. And he came to Las Vegas and said some things that were apparently inappropriate. And I guess says LVMPD, uh, there are reports that LVMPD said things that were inappropriate and anti-Black about Biggie. So I don't understand how six months before Biggie's murder, LAPD homicide detectives would have been getting statements. I, I, I'm totally confused. Yeah, and I'm I'm just looking at the top sheet, and here's where the problem is. I'm trying to, because it's kind of all slapped on here. This one statement form for Ingrid, Ingrid something, John, it's, it's whited out. It's dated September 17th, 1997. That's over a year later. Explain that to me. Uh, I don't <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just reading the form and it says date and time of interview, September 17th, 1997 at 1330, which is 1.30 in the afternoon at Hollywood Station. And that's DJ Martin S. Katz. So I... I'm trying to remember when we had some photo lineups ended up going to California to show those girls. So I don't remember. Oh, okay. was, but this is a year later. I don't remember if it was that. I don't remember it being that long, but you know, I don't know. That uh, I could understand more a year later, but three, I mean, you still didn't yeah. even know who Orlando Anderson was. Well, and that's later. why I'm looking at this. Now, let me go to this other form because, okay, so statement. Yeah, see, everything's kind of redacted and stuff on here. So, like, it's just like this statement form that, that's partially shown. There's no date on it or anything. It's like someone cut and put what they wanted to put on here. Well, I will say... There are a lot of forms circulating online, and I suspect most of them are circulating via LAPD, not LVMPD. Well, I LVMPD. this this type thing with a bit of a narrative is probably an LAPD form, and it's certainly redacted. Right. I see a lot of redactions on there, so I don't know what those are. Now the other form. That it's it's just funny that they got my name and everything down below everything, and it's not on the same. It's not my form, but they're it's, putting it, it, it. They're putting it over something I did. 
because you got above that vehicle colors, primary white, secondary white. I don't know what it, I can't read it all. But when I read that form, there's the date, September 7th, 1997 on there. So that, and I don't know what's underneath that. So I, I don't, I don't know what those forms are. So uh, I'll, I'll just say, I don't know. Gotcha. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> well, I, I want to be courteous of your time. We do have quite a few more questions. So I'm okay. going to try to zip okay. through them as you know, right. quickly as I can. I may not get to all of them. Sorry, listeners. Well, but, let's, we'll see what we can do. Yeah. Right. Question. The TV clip of you, that means you, and Orlando sitting down is the, ex I think, is it that the extent of your conversation or did you talk to him inside a room? I think I know the answer to that. You testified and quoted Orlando saying Tupac and Knight beat me up pretty good. Where and right. when did he say that? That was in the parking lot where that video was taken. So, and you talked at length about that conversation in that conversation, at one point he said he didn't want to talk to you anymore, correct? Correct. He, he ended it that way, yeah. At one point, he mentioned his uncle. He said he was with his uncle. In yeah. Las Vegas. He didn't, he, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't give a name. He just said an uncle. So, you know, which after the fact, because Davis is apparently his uncle, fits everything, but... He never, he never said specifically who he was with. It was Keithy, and he did have more than one uncle, but if one were yeah. to be like, well, even yeah. Keithy says they were together. Yeah, ironically, here's uh, an uncle saying his nephew is involved in this, so yeah. But that's, that is the only interview of Orlando in the parking lot. It wasn't lengthy by any means. Uh... We didn't talk to him in a room because the problem, well, we went over this. It, it became a point where we couldn't talk to they, anybody by ourselves, so we just didn't do it. In Compton? In Compton. Because it was Compton PD. Yeah, well, it was related to specific people, not Tim Brennan and Robert Ladd. But... Right. So you talked outside and... During that conversation, it was just one-on-one? -on -one? Yes. He was, you can see him, he's sitting there in handcuffs. I think he was probably waiting to get processed. For another murder, not to well, a, a for, case. Because that was the day of the search warrant in Compton. Right. And the sheriff's office, I want to say the sheriff's office had like a mobile booking station there in the Compton police parking lot. Because that was in the Compton Police parking lot, which maybe it's City Hall too. I don't know. But, it is. Yeah, but I know that that was in the parking lot because I want to say there was a LA Sheriff's Sergeant standing nearby. If if I'm if I remember the video or picture or whatever, but yeah, but I talked to him. He was. I think he was probably there just to keep an eye on Orlando because you don't want to leave him alone in the middle of the parking lot. And I just happened to walk up to Orlando and talk to him. So maybe talk to him for five minutes or... Five, you know, uh, five, 
it wasn't more than 10 minutes. It was short. It was a brief deal because, like I said, we talked briefly, and then Orlando just said he didn't want to talk to me anymore. Well, and I have video of that in the yeah, story. He didn't, he, didn't say, he, he didn't say he wanted a lawyer. He just said he didn't want to talk to me anymore. So, right. And I, I know at some point somebody claimed that you never talked to him. Yeah, I, like, I know. Well, I have a video of, of my story. story. I, there's all kinds of stories out there and you know people are going to do what they're going to do right but but it's definitely in the story that we did the, the yeah, first and, and you know what they're going to do what they want to do i have nothing to gain first of all the only thing that orlando said that day was because it came up in suge knight's revocation hearing because i i testified to impeach orlando his testimony because Orlando told me that Suge and Tupac basically beat him up. Right. Because I think I think I wasn't in the courtroom when Orlando gave his testimony because I couldn't, but I believe he was saying Suge was trying to stop it or whatever. Whatever. <laughs> well, I guess that there was the good foot. <laughs> well, the, the the video speaks for itself. That's all I can say. Yes, but the, the listener did say Tupac and Knight beat me up pretty good. That's what yeah. they, they quote you as yeah. saying. Yeah. Proffer, this was new to me. Keith Davis was given a proffer agreement in 1999. <clears throat> did LVMPD know about that? And in Brent's opinion, why would the U.S. attorney give him multiple proffers spanning 10 years for, for the same crime? All right. First of all, I think it's the first time I've heard 1999. I've heard about a problem. 1998. Oh, it was in 98. That's even worse. I thought it was all in the early 2000s. That's another one. Oh, okay. Well, I knew absolutely nothing about a proffer in 98 or 99. So... Well, that and, if it was, and, and if it was the U.S. attorney, was it the U.S. attorney in Los Angeles? That Well, my suspicion is because, and, and it's been a, a bit since I read Keefe's book, but, you know, he had all these drug charges. Right. And I recall at least one where he made a deal. I mean, I'm sure there were others, but I, you know, I specifically remember in reading uh, that that you know he talked about a deal, so I'm suspecting that that had nothing. You know, it may have been in 1998, but it had nothing. It had nothing to do, to do with this. Because one, no, I did not know that. No one told me that. Second of all, when you say U.S. Attorney, they aren't going to share anything with us. Right. Um... That, because you know, it was a fed, it was a whatever the federal investigation was, and all I can say, and it's kind of ironic because I think I've spoke of it before one time when we were in LA, we talked to an FBI agent who said they've been investigating death row for three years. Well, if the FBI is investigating it, they probably had some conversation with the U.S. attorney. So, and I'll repeat that. You never actually interviewed Keefe. You were on your way to interview him and were stopped. Correct. We, we, I've never had a sit-down conversation, a phone conversation, or anything with Keefe D. The only time 
was the time that I mentioned that we are going to some federal detention, metro detention center or whatever they call it. And we were told we couldn't talk to him. Got you. I have a couple of questions about Rampart and the role that potentially played in the Tupac murder. And I will say parenthetically that I actually did a story with the Rampart Division on something else. I, I think it was about a businessman drug addict killer, if memory serves. But, you know, I guess at one point it was all in a day's work. And it was in the Rampart District. And I was in the middle of everything. But it was a time where you couldn't go online and check it out. Because I remember the person who was helping me with the story, the, the, the officer, I don't think he was a detective. He was saying something like, they told me not to say anything about what's going on here, which of course made me wonder what the hell is going on. Yeah. But anyway, let's get to it. Can you ask Brent Becker what he thinks about the Dossier podcast saying that David Mack and Kevin Gaines were in Vegas when Pac was shot and that Kevin Gaines was the one who shot Tupac? Ray asked that question and seven year theory asked this question and again if you don't want me to stick them together but they kind of go you tell no, me that's if something curious when brett is answering about if rafael perez or david mack were in vegas he mentions that they were hearing those names so i'm trying to understand regardless of if keefe is guilty or not guilty at one point, especially if early on, Orlando seemed to be the person of interest and how fast forward to today with Keefe, with someone, whatever, whoever Brent is referring to, bring up other names based on what were the true version of events, blah, so on and so forth. Uh, the only thing that might make sense is this idea, let's say so-and-so did it, then feed police false information to throw them off. Otherwise, I find it strange. And also wonder who would go to police with info about someone who wasn't involved and where they got the info in the first place, if that makes sense. If that makes sense. But what we're talking about is folks from LA, folks, LAPD uh, officers involved in the scandal, Rafael Perez, David Mack, were they in Vegas? And David Mack and Kevin Gaines, were they in Las Vegas? And, you know, did Kevin Gaines shoot Tupac? A mouthful, but. Yeah, okay, so I just, wasn't the Perez and Mack thing, was that, when did that happen? To, that that when, was the. When it, broke, when it actually occurred. Pardon? I know the Perez and Mack, something happened with them in LA because that was, that's what got Rampart on the radar. When was that event? To me, it's a story that we really, I think there's a lot to be investigated and yeah. the dossier I'll, podcast is going into it. I'll say that there was nothing proven that Perez and Mac were in Las Vegas. Rumors but there were a ton of rumors 
just like the games thing. Wasn't games the one that was involved in the shooting in L.A.? Correct. He was the one that was going with Suge Knight's is, wife. Is he, is he the one that got killed or is he the one that did the killing? He was, he was the one who got killed. Okay. But he was LA. He was killed by an LAPD officer. Correct. He was Correct. LAPD. I remember. I remember that whole deal. Uh, I don't think we know the whole Kevin, story on. Well, oh, that whole that whole story was anyhow. But pardon. That whole story sounded funny, but right. I had That's, nothing to do with it. I have no personal knowledge of it. Sure. Uh, I it, was never. Was, I was never. Jeez, I don't remember everything that we talked about when the IAB guy came over from LA. Yeah, I want to talk about that for a second, but let me go back to give you the date. It was 1998 okay. to 2000, so it was after. It was after. After and Tupac were. Yeah, so it was that was after. So it makes you wonder because the names. I don't remember when the names came up. Did the names come up back in 98? I don't remember. I remember the names, but I don't remember their names coming up way at the front end of our shooting. Okay, because they were allegedly off-duty cops. Right. You know, off-duty uh, security right. for death They were not. I, I can tell you that they were not on the list of people working security for death row that night. That night. That night, the night of the shooting. Did now, you ever get a whiff of them being part of the death row universe? Heard rumors, that's all. And rumors, you hear all kinds of stuff. So there was another, never anything definitive. There's a list of names of the security people somewhere in the file, I'm sure. But those names weren't on there. Gaines's name wasn't on there. There was a name of a fellow that, I don't know why this one name comes up and I just don't remember it, but there was a particular person that came up with the IAB talk, but I just don't remember any other names. And but those tell, weren't. Tell me about that. All I remember is a. I want to say it was a lieutenant. I. Really? I don't know why. I, I don't know why I say it's a lieutenant, but I from want to LAPD. say it was, a, it was a lieutenant from Internal Affairs in L.A. Or that's how he presented himself. And I mean, it was LAPD. And. Uh, there was a conversation, but it wasn't at great, great lengths. And it was very specific, you know, oriented conversation. And I don't recall ever being of much help for him. But what I think was just, the nature of the conversation? I want to say there was a, at least a specific name, if not more, in the conversation. And none of those names were in black and white anywhere. And uh, I want to say one name, there was again, rumor, but nothing to say that he was there for sure. 
you know, there was all kinds of conversation. You got to realize it's an investigation. Yeah. And you got to realize there's all kinds of com people saying all these LAPD cops working for death row, but there were no LAPD names off the people that we saw as directly related to that night. There was, okay. I remember there was, I remember there was a fireman. I remember there was a reserve deputy. I remember there was a school cop or something. I'm just May trying I to ask? recall. I'm just trying to recall all the agencies. But may I ask about the circumstances? You you just get a call from a lieutenant, or he comes to Las Vegas? That I'm trying to remember if he just showed up out of the blue, or we got a call. I just don't. I don't remember. Okay. It wasn't to me. It wasn't that important because I never heard anything else about it. The names that came up on it had no direct, nothing linked them to our ordeal. So. But what was the nature of the questions? It was, was it, was, it was directed about specific people, officers, and they were probably just wanting to see if we had anything to confirm that they were in Vegas or not. So I don't know what was going on in LA because that's their problem. When would that have been? Jeez. Yeah, I'd have to see a report. Nine, well, maybe we'll, well maybe it we'll was after it wasn't right after the shooting, put it this way. And uh, I'm trying to remember if it was even before the revocation hearing, because that was what, ninety-seven? Yes. Yeah. Just I'm trying I'm trying to remember if it was before Biggie getting shot. Because it might have been after that. I just I I don't remember. Biggie got shot the same weekend that Suge was uh, the, the the his bail was revoked when he when he was put in jail because that's See, the weekend I interviewed him. I I just do not know. It could have very well have been after the Biggie shooting too. I because it was it was that insignificant to me. I mean, sure. yeah, it was curious because why, but I have no idea what their investigation was. It was an internal investigation. It's their gig, and there was nothing that they there was nothing that they were saying linked to our shooting. Gotcha. Uh, so a couple more questions at you. Mm -hmm. This is also from Joe Gray, 1320. The radio and the released photos of the Suge BMW in that, was that radio ever checked? And who was it in contact with? And what was the actual height of the bullet holes in the door? And which way was the tra trajectory going? I couldn't tell. You'd have to look at the pictures to see how high they were. I don't remember that. Got you. But they did yeah. go up to that parking. You, 
well, yeah, there was there was projectiles in the parking garage behind there. I'm just trying to remember at what level, because you remember that's like, is that like a three or four story parking garage? I don't remember. It wasn't the top. So, and again, the reports would indicate that. And I think, sure. did Dan uh, Ford talk about that? I don't know if he talked about the trajectory. No, but didn't, was Dan Ford the one who got sent up there? The CSI? I believe so. Yeah. I, See, I don't his, remember. I mean, we covered so much. I don't remember specifically. His, uh, his reports would be interesting. I, 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 don't, I don't remember they're in the case file. So, uh, what about the radio conversation? It was, would there have been a way you could have? I thought, I thought that radio was linked to the folks up at the club. Correct. The six club 662. Uh, yeah. But you got to realize that those wouldn't be recorded. Why would uh, that's I thought somebody did record it, but uh well not... I don't know. If they did, they didn't do it because they were talking on the radio. The only reason police radios are recorded is because they're going through dispatch and it's recording conversation. I can tell you that when I worked UC, we had portable radios that we talked to each other on and we had encrypted channels where there was nobody talked. No one, there was nobody recording anything. That was just, you could talk freely. Sure, you, I guess you would kind of have to in that. Yeah, the only way that, to me, those conversations would have been recorded is if the people talking or hearing or on the other end listening to it recorded it. And I'm not sure, did, did cell phones have that capability then? I don't know, I don't remember. Because I mean, you hear, you know, certainly like, what you're talking about with dispatch that right like with 9-11 there were recordings of there would have been no dispatcher for those radios right. no that, that makes yeah that, that, that for those because that would have just been some those would have been death row portable radios so they could talk to each other got it i, I highly i obviously i could be talking out my keister but if those were recorded, that's news to me. That makes perfect sense. Well, going forward, what are you looking for next in terms of what's to come? Well, I, mean, I know I, we talked about the schedule. No, I'm, a, I'm just, I'm not looking forward to anything. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, uh, I, I like you to tell me what you think, so go for it. Well, no, I don't, I have no idea. I just said, you know, when you, I can tell you that very rarely am I seeing, if I, if I see anything about what's going on, it's because someone has sent it to me. Because I'm not actively looking for anything because, you know, that truly I don't have anything to do with what's going on right now. Well, someone said to me after the 
court dates were set in January and June, they were basically, well, nothing's going to happen now. The story's basically over. It's put on hold for now. So I guess nah, I don't think so. I think you got enough people going on. Well, you just sent me something today that was within the last week, some interviews. So, <clears throat> you know, talking about things that happened with the proffer and stuff. I said, so that's recent. As far as the court case, I think the only thing, if you were to hear anything about specific people like Keefe D would be if he got beat up in jail. I'm sure that'd break, hit the news, but. Well, supposedly that's happened. But well, supposedly. You, I haven't heard any confirmation. He didn't. He didn't look beat up in the video that you sent me. Him in court. So. Right, but since he 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 hasn't been in the court now for a few weeks, so. Yeah, but the thing about him being beat up came out before the last court date. There have been a few times it's come up, actually. Yeah. Well, and it's like anything else. Things come up at different times, whether they're real or not. I don't know. Okay. Like I said, you've you've presented stuff to me that I've supposedly said or done that I've told you I didn't do it. So, and yeah. then there's things that I supposedly didn't do that I did do. So, and one thing I do want to have you confirm or deny, and that is based on fairly recent information that's been put out there. Did you know who was in, I mean, and I actually know the answer to this, but did, because you've told me before, so it was surprising to hear it said otherwise. Did you not have any idea who was in the white Cadillac before uh, recent events? Did I not know? Is that your question? Or did yes. I know? Did you not? I did know. I did know. I did. I knew. I can't give you a specific date. And I can't say with 100% certainty at the time that I got the information, but I had a pretty good inkling. And those, it wouldn't have been any later than early 97. I know that we had the car, we had some names of different players in Uri. If you recall, there were some names that came up on the Compton app, uh, search warrant affidavit. Right. Some of those names haven't panned out. Some of the names may have panned out, but we got a list of names from Compton and God, I want to say everybody that was in that car was in that list because we got a bunch of printouts. I can't tell you the name of everybody, but I remember it was a mess of printouts and then the photos because I did multiple photo layouts and you had six people in each layout. And so that was six different people in each photo lineup. Because there weren't photo lineups. 
hypothetically, I don't remember how many there were, but say there, there's five photo lineups, so that's 30 photos, six in each photo lineup. Well, that would have been 30 different people. There was no photo lineup where, say, Orlando Anderson was in three of them. No, there was, a, there was one photo lineup where Orlando Anderson would have been in. There'd have been one photo lineup with whoever else in it and like that. Like Terrence Brown? Like KPP? I, 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 I believe so. I can't say without looking at the photo lineups because you've got to realize when I have the photo lineups, you got every person identified in the lineup. And so those were the lineups we were using to show to people. And because Orlando Anderson was a person of interest, you can bet his photo lineup was shown to everybody that claimed to be there. Frank Alexander didn't pick our Orlando Anderson. He did not. No. And Orlando Anderson, wasn't he in the news pretty quick afterwards? Well, my story was in November, so okay, well, that would have been a minute. Put it and this way. I don't recall any phone calls, anonymous tips, or anything saying Orlando Anderson was the shooter. I don't remember that. And I can tell you. That you don't no remember Orlando, that ever? Not. I don't recall that. I don't remember anybody specifically. First of all, nobody identified anybody as being the shooter. Right. But you got, so you were Orlando, getting wrong. So Orlando Anderson was never I, positively identified by anybody who claimed to be there. Right. As being the shooter. Even from the hotline, even from the anonymous calls, I thought from the hotline and anonymous calls, you, you had everybody identified in the white Cadillac. Oh, we had all kinds of phone calls, but those aren't positive identifications. But tips. How, yeah. How you can't. Oh, I understand. You can't yeah, go to yeah, court with them. Yeah, yeah. You you can't. Tony Spilatro's ghost was a tip. Right. Yeah, I, but I guess what I'm getting to. I was. Is, I was. I was the killer. I, that was a tip. Right. So, that was from Aunt Glo Tupac's aunt. Some aunt, you know. But, uh, but this is what I'm getting at, though. And okay. I am hearing those taps again. Oh, I'm sorry. But, but what I'm getting at is, did you know who was in the white caddy or didn't you? I was pretty satisfied. Could I prove it beyond a reasonable doubt? No, because if I could, I would have said Orlando Anderson was the suspect. But I said he was a person of interest. And you were satisfied based on? On information received from Compton, uh, information talking to different people, uh, tips. I says, especially when you start hearing the same names come up over and over again. Right. You know, because you got to remember we got different names in the front end of this thing. And the only, the only name that was of interest right away was Orlando Anderson because of the videotape. Un as far as, 
and I take that back. De DeAndre Smith's name came up early too because we were looking for him at a house in Vegas and there was, I don't know why I keep talking about an SUV, like, a, you know, I'm talking about a full-size blazer or something like that. Cause back then you had the full-size rig. You didn't have these little cracker box things they got now. And the reason you were looking for DeAndre in Vegas was because information came and I'm trying to remember if it was, it might've been the Compton affidavit about DeAndre Smith and him having some links in Vegas. Cause that you know, was I, another I, question. And I think there was an ad, I, I keep talking about an address that we went to. You keep talking about what? An address, a home that we went to looking for him, but he wasn't there. But you actually knocked on some doors. I don't know. I don't remember specifically. I remember going to some place because you don't just randomly walk up to something, you know, because you're going to sit on. We used to go and sit on place to see if it looked like it was occupied one or active because you can tell if a place someone's living in or it's an abandoned sure. house. I just don't remember specifics. Again, there would be a report about it. Uh, well, this was another question that I squeeze in. On a previous episode, you mentioned someone identified a person from Gaddafi's description of the driver and that okay. you were able to get a warrant for a pin register on that person. Right. Were Davion Brooks or David Keith the subject of the pin register that went awry? And was the subject ever found and questioned? David Keith. Why does that name ring a bell too? That is not who the pen register was for. Neither Davion Brooks or... I'm not going to say who it was for. I'm just going to say that it wasn't David Keith. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to deduce something from that, but I'm uh, not... You, you didn't hear it from me. I'm just saying... David Keith, uh, there's a name too that we did something on. I just don't remember what. But Davion Brooks, he was in a photo lineup. I know that. Davion Brooks was. Well, and I'm pretty sure David Keith was too, but. In the, the photo lineups. Yeah. But as it turns out, I don't think Davion Brooks had anything to do with anything from what I've heard since then. And and one other thing, I I've been and I haven't listened to the whole episode, but a listener had asked about the dossier and Stephen Katz and and the Rampart potential element and all of this. Another thing that I've been hearing people say via that episode is that Katz purposefully destroyed evidence related to Biggie's case and so. And I, and I really? thought Stephen Katz, the detective who apparently came and visited you in Las Vegas, 
uh, LAPD. He was, oh, was, he, was he one of the bunch that came over? From L LAPD, who apparently made the joke Russell about... Poole? Pardon? He was with Russell Poole? Yes. Who okay. apparently made a, you know, a joke about, a, you know, a, a, a pretty, it sounds like a pretty insensitive, reportedly made a joke and was saying how you all were, you know, making anti-black jokes, making jokes or yucking it up or something. Yeah, anti-black jokes. That's who that story came from. Right. Okay, because it seems to me at some point someone alleges I did it. Well, it was a it was a jokey party. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, again, we went, we know went over that. Yeah, yeah I, I missed that party apparently. So <laughs> we went over that, but the part that's new that's emerging is apparently cats yeah. hid some of the documentation on the Biggie case that he he developed. And I just, I was sort of like, don't you normally have a partner? And when, I mean, I know that a detective can go independently and do an investigation on his or her own, but how how could you just deep six evidence? I, I just didn't get that. Well. I guess the question is, was the evidence already booked into evidence or was it something that had not been booked in yet? I, I, like I don't reports, know. Inter reports, interviews, you know, and when these are reports that weren't recorded somewhere else, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Anything's possible. You got to realize. You hope that a policeman it's got some ethics and some credibility and does the right thing. Because truly, I've said it before, a criminal would make one hell of a cop. A burglar would be a great burglary detective. But the problem is, his credibility is shot. Right. You know, so it, it's all a matter of if the guy's being truthful, honest, he's got integrity and all that. And we, we already know that it's been proven that there are others, there's folks that haven't been, so. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, what I'll say after these 27, after these 27 years, you can't poo-poo all the conspiracy theories. There are some things that you have to say, well, let's look into it. I, well, that's it. Yeah, yeah. You got to remember too. Some conspiracy theories are things you just can I prove they didn't happen? No, but if I sit here and look at it as a reasonable person, yeah, no. Well, there's a helicopter going over. We're almost finished, but I, I, but we can just wait a moment. Um, I don't know. Can you hear it? Are they coming for you? Probably. <laughs> there, there's a there's a hospital nearby. Oh, I thought maybe they were landing on your roof. 
Does it sound like that? <laughs> there were a lot of helicopters the other day. It's like, why are there three helicopters? It was down the road, but there was a big Palestinian protest at a oh, big so the news, news helicopters. Yeah. Pardon? Probably news helicopters. Yeah, exactly. But there were three of them. I was like, is yeah, somebody all, all the news stations got their own helicopter? Pardon? All the news stations have their own helicopter. Right. But it was like, you know, I mean, if it was that many, you don't usually see three at every event, you know, that I've been to. Usually there's just well, one. You know, every once in a while, it seems that pursuits in the L.A. area there for a while were like, oh, yeah. News. And you'd see. You'd see the video from whatever news helicopter you'd see other news helicopters circling in the other area and every once in a while you catch the police helicopter that should be there right so you just go i feel sorry for them guys worrying about they're trying to keep an eye on this down here and worrying about these knuckleheads if they're going to run into them or not i think sometimes they tell them they can't be in certain air they, sh they shouldn't be they should have some some kind of space, you know, yeah, just, like, just like airports and they have certain yeah. I areas. I think sometimes they do. Um, but again, you're depending on people doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah. People don't that's, always do that. So Yeah. I mean, that's not always the case. I think yeah. it's almost quieted down. So, Hopefully. oh, and what, and a question that I didn't ask and meant to ask earlier, and I also know the answer to it. When you recorded your witness interviews, were they all just audio? Because that's that was my feeling. Or were any video? You talking about Frank Alexander and those guys? At any point, I know the original ones. I'm no, pretty sure they, they were all movies. they were all audio. I don't think we had a video camera gotcha. in that interview room yet. They didn't. I, even when Suge came in, I didn't know if... Cause... Now, that was strictly audio. We didn't have cameras in there. Those came much later. Now, I will say that there are some agencies that may have had them. We did not have them. Because, you know, one of the things, because, you know, it's like my stories, I never put them up. I never put the interview of Suge Knight up uh, on mm -hmm. YouTube. I never, I was, I was shocked when I discovered it in the aughts at one point. I never put up my interview with Miss Wallace, Biggie's mother. I just never did. But I wish somebody had put up my interview with Russell Poole because I conducted it at Robbery Homicide, if memory serves. And they did an interview with Lil Caesar there, who was a witness, you know, a good friend of Biggie's. Mm -hmm. Some reports say he was even a relative. But <laughs> You know, I just wonder if back then robbery homicide had cameras because. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And did they did they surreptitiously record anything? Yeah, because it it just seems like they might have been ahead of the curve in doing that. They, you know, and LAPD's well, LAPD was the one that had the first SWAT team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're the ones that started the whole thing. So, you know, some, and it's all about money. Right. People well, don't like they, to admit it, but money is, money talks on a lot of things. So, 
always. So, well, I thank you very much. Unless there's anything else you'd like to add that I haven't no, asked you. I, I hope we got all the questions if, you know, and I'm Pretty sorry. Much. I'm sorry they don't answer them the way maybe you or anybody wanted to hear them, but. No, 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 hold on. The way I want to hear them is the way you want to say it. I'm just going to tell you what I can, and then there's some things that maybe I could say, but I don't want to because, like I said, I don't know what's going on with this gig. Anything I've talked to, talked about where things have been, out has been is basically public information if you dig hard enough for it you know fair enough but when i was pressing you on the surveillance issue it was more a matter that wasn't that's not all public information though right and and as i said when you said that i'm like okay i get that the other the other answers i did (laughs) i didn't understand because it didn't, it didn't make sense to me. But once you said that, I was like, okay, I get that. Yeah, you know, all I can say is there are just some things. Sorry, I ain't going to talk about it. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that aren't talked about. Because especially if it's going to be a benefit to you or to the investigation later on. Why, why talk about it? <laughs> and nobody's been, and I, get, I know I get into the dispute. Of, well, it is a public's right to know. I said, oh, cool. whatever you think. <laughs> well, you know, on that topic, I mean, this is a podcast right. that looked at the case before there was an arrest. And, you know, I asked you a lot of questions because you really hadn't, I mean, you've never spoken this much about the case ever. So I felt a responsibility to ask you as many things that I could think of and also get the listeners in on it as we have for this, I want to say episodes, because I'm sure I'm going to split it up. So I have and had a lot of questions, but I also feel that it's a very strange, curious place in that it's hard for me to think of a case where even a cold case where so much information has gone out from case files and especially agencies not even directly involved with the investigation. It's, it's my, I, my mind's blown. Yeah, you've you've kind of presented stuff that I'm kind of surprised, and I I was I'm sitting here thinking, well, if all this stuff's out, then there really anything everything's pretty public. But since we've gone through things and I've heard some things people have said, well, obviously not everything's out there yet because they're saying just the contrary to what I've documented. So. Because if they'd have had the documentation showing what I said, they wouldn't be saying that, I would think, unless they're just flat-ass lying. But I don't Let me get that case. straight. You're saying that some things you're hearing in the social media world don't conform to what you've seen yourself. Well, you sent me a thing. You sent me a thing that, that said Keithy D's name wasn't 
even on the radar back in 96. Well, apparently they don't have all the documentation because documentation show otherwise. And they're claiming that they do have documentation to back. They're claiming they got all kinds of documentation, but so my question is, are you withholding something or is it that you just don't have everything? I don't, I don't know. Well, if there's anything I've learned in this case is qui bono, who benefits yeah. from whatever's being said. And I use that as a guide because, as I said, I've never seen case files com commercialized to the degree that they've been commercialized. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean... I think I sent you something that was posted on social media from a Las Vegas Metro file that had a photograph of somebody who we really haven't even talked about. And this yeah. post was basically saying this person wasn't involved. Well, I was like, well, why post it then? You know, I mean, All maybe right. the person right. wants that. You know, maybe in this day and age, people like fame from whatever. But I just thought it was very strange that this wasn't coming from law enforcement. This was coming more from a commercial entity posting something. And the case hasn't even gone to trial. I right. have no uh, compunction about doing a podcast, interviewing you and asking you questions and you saying, I can't talk about that or, you know, whatever, but trying to get as much information as I can. I have, I don't have a problem with that. Well, and people get, people are that way. I mean, it happened at Suge Knight's revocation hearing because I wouldn't call Orlando Anderson a suspect. So I'm automatically a liar. You know, I says, well, if he was a suspect, I'd probably be arresting him right now. But yeah, you know, at that time, he's not a suspect. He was a person of interest. Is well, it semantics? I guess it. I guess it would depend on the people you're talking to, but I'm. Not, I don't really care what they think. So. Yeah, because a certain person who does, you know, run his has been running his mouth on this. He that bothered him that you weren't definitive in the earlier stages of this podcast in saying Orlando was a suspect or whatever. Uh, he thought you were coy instead of trying to protect the investigation. Well, maybe, maybe obviously I am, doesn't care about yeah, that. Maybe I am being coy, but the point is, if I could have proved it beyond a reasonable doubt, I'd call him a suspect. Well, to this day, I can't prove it beyond a reasonable doubt, so. Well, we'll see. I mean, for me, it was surprising, not surprising to see Keefe arrested. It was incredibly fascinating to read the grand jury transcript, not because, you know, some things I may not, some things, some items I may know about the person who's saying it. So that's going to color my belief in it because I, actually know them i've actually spoken to them so but it is fascinating to see something in black and white so now we gotta yeah. go on to this new phase so 
because I don't think that we really know what's next in terms of what LVMPD has. All these years, it's really been what LAPD has. Yeah, and whatever, you know, like I said, the day, the day court starts on this, it's going to be interesting. I, I really think it's going to be uh, quite the show, you know, and there may be information come out of that that's going to surprise people and they're going to, they're going to say, no, that ain't, that didn't happen or whatever. Well, whatever. Well, because look at it this way. And again, I feel that the prosecutors who, you know, DiGiacomo, you didn't know his, his associate, but you spoke highly of him. He has a reputation, a good reputation. He's not going to, he's not going <laughs> to, I just don't see Mark DiGiacomo stringing people along in that sense. I think, I mean, he's obviously going to do certain games that both sides do. Prosecution and defense play games all the time. But I think once a court date is set and they're they're ready to roll, Mark DiGiacomo is going to come come yeah, ready and, to play and, hardball. And I've repeatedly said that they constructed the grand jury testimony as experienced folks. It, it's not here nor no, there that who they chose and what questions they asked right. them. And, and your what, your defense attorneys that you talked to made it quite clear how that works out. Hey, if you're gonna be given the opportunity to do it, they're gonna do it. And it's, it's legitimate to do it. It's when you go to court and now you gotta do it in front of the jury is where- And the defense attorney. <laughs> Well, yeah, and the defense attorney is going to get the cross, but also, depending on who the defense throws in, if anybody, they're going to be open for cross from prosecution too. Right, but but I was really saying they constructed that grand jury just the way they wanted to, unlike sure. in a regular trial or. Well, that's what a grand jury is all about, and you know. So they know some, you know. So we've learned something there. But there's a but lot more. You didn't more learn everything. You didn't learn everything because exactly. But they, they got learning. what they wanted. Yeah. That's you know, they all they needed. All they needed to do is prove enough for a true bill, and I wouldn't expect them to do anything more than that. You present what you have to present, and stand by for later on, and then you get to throw and out all the other stuff. And the big surprises to me were, one, that Orlando allegedly was not the shooter. I mean, it wasn't a big surprise. Uh, well, it and that's, that's the story coming from some of those people. Right, from a witness. And also, yeah. actually, that same witness was saying that Orlando was not the one who snatched the chain right. in, at the at Lakewood Mall. Those were two things that were somewhat surprised. Well, the latter is completely surprising to me. So you have to think there's going to be a whole lot more at trial. That's surprising. Oh, yeah. If this goes to trial, it's not going to be boring. No. 
So I agree. So stay I'm sure, tuned. I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be interesting. Stay tuned. And thank you so much. All right. We'll talk to you later. Next on Lennon Ozizway reporting, Tupac's murder was his case. Well, I don't know what's next for this podcast, but expect more episodes. As for the case itself, we know that Keepy's public defenders have asked for their client to be out on house arrest. They'll be in court making that request to the judge live January 2nd. I'm going to know these way. Tupac's murder was his case was produced, created, and hosted by me. As for the music and art, well, that's me as well. Thanks to creative director emeritus Lowell T.C. Woundla. And thanks, dear listeners, for listening. Take one. You've been listening to Leonard Azizwe reporting. Tupac's murder was his case. An Azizwe T. original. All rights reserved.